Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And I want you to note here, I think this is an important point, especially for the days that we're living in. Note that the nation of Israel not only turned against God and his commands, they turned against the remnant of people in the nation who still believed in God and his commands. They're not saying God is foolish. They're not saying God is insane. They're saying the people of God are insane. The people that still believe God and still believe his word. The believers in Israel were labeled as fools and insane by the rest of society. Believers were considered a problem for the nation. And you can see the same thing around the world these days. Those who choose to follow Jesus unapologetically get given a hard time. In some countries, the harassment rises to outright persecution and martyrdom. While there may not have been the killing of the devout Jews during Hosea's time, they certainly weren't liked among the idolaters. Pastor Dan's teaching will show how the people of Israel seemed to be happy to go into captivity as long as they got to do what they wanted. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. But it's just like what you have here. He's saying, once you're in Assyria, you can't keep any of these sacrifices. Just like the Jews today can't keep any of their sacrifices. He says, the bread you shall eat will be for your own life. Meaning, you're not going to be bringing offerings to the Lord. You're going to be barely surviving in Assyria. And what the Lord is saying here to Israel, I think, is very important for us also. He's telling Israel to think this through. Where does this path you're on lead you to ultimately? Often when a person turns from the Lord and forsakes the Lord and starts down a path of sin, they don't think about where that path is going to take them ultimately. They don't think of where it's going to end up. They don't think what ultimately is going to lead me to a broken relationship with the Lord. This is going to lead me to a broken relationship with my spouse, with my kids. This is going to destroy my career. This is going to destroy my reputation. This is going to bring so much shame upon me. This is going to take me to a place that will be really hard to recover from. This is going to take me to a place where just surviving will be difficult, just getting by. And the Lord is warning them here. This is the road that you're on. You stay on this road, you're going to end up in Assyria. Where you're completely cut off from me. And you won't be able to do anything there to please me. Now he says this again. He says this to Israel during the time of harvest. And when there's abundance, when there's blessing, when there's great joy, when there's celebration. 
And it's as if the Lord is saying to Israel, yes, there's blessing right now. Yes, there's abundance right now, but you continue to forsake me. You continue to forsake my commands. And it's not going to be this way in the nation in the future. This blessing and abundance isn't going to continue. Things are going to get really, really difficult. You're going to lose all this. And so verse five, the Lord continues. And he's talking about when they're in Assyria, when you're slaves in Assyria, what will you do in the appointed day then? When you're slaves in Assyria, what will you do in the day of the feast of the Lord? Not going to celebrate those feasts in Assyria. Again, if you continue down this path, God is loving and he warns them here. He doesn't want them to go down this path. He sees where it's going to end up for them. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. He goes on in verse Six, he says, for indeed, they are gone. These things are gone. These feasts, these appointed days, these celebrations that you're enjoying right now, this harvest time that you're celebrating, you're going to lose all of it. You're going to lose it all if you stay on this path. They're gone because of destruction. Egypt shall gather them up. Again, he's speaking metaphorically about Egypt. Memphis shall bury them. Nettles shall possess their valuables of silver. Thorns shall be in their tents. He's saying here, when he talks about Egypt, he's saying, you're going to die as slaves in a foreign land. Memphis was where the Egyptians buried their dead. So you're going to be buried in a foreign land if you stay on this path. At the end of the verse, verse 6, all of your fields and houses will be left empty and abandoned. All your prosperity and luxuries that you enjoy, it's all going to be lost. It's all going to be covered over with nettles and thorns, just Overgrown with weeds. Have you ever traveled to a town or passed through a town where they have these big factories that are closed and boarded up and just overgrown with weeds? It's like driving through a Bruce Springsteen song or something. And you drive through these towns and you can tell, man, there was once a really thriving industry here. All these big factories, all these big Victorian homes that are dilapidated and boarded up. Man, at one point, they were really prospering here. And he's saying, this is what's going to happen to you as a nation. It's just going to be overgrown with weeds. This once prosperous nation. Understand that Israel, at its height under David and Solomon, was like the world's superpower. It was the most prosperous nation in the world. And now he's saying, it's all going to be lost. And remember, the cause of their demise, it's spiritual. It's not because of bad economic policy. It's because they've turned from the Lord. They've forsaken God's word as their standard for the nation. Verse 7, the days of punishment have come. The days of recompense have come. The word recompense, it refers to repayment or compensation. The days of Israel's recompense have come. For years and years and decades and decades, they have done wickedly. And now they receive the payment for their wickedness. Now, sin always comes at a price. There's always a recompense for sin. Hebrews 3.13 warns us about the deceitfulness of sin. And one of the ways that sin deceives us 
is that when we sin, usually there's no immediate consequence to the sin. We sin and nothing bad happens to us. God doesn't send down a lightning bolt or the earth doesn't open up and swallow us. And so we think, well, I guess I can just continue in this sin (laughs) and nothing bad's going to happen to me. There's going to be no ramifications. But really what is happening is God is giving us the opportunity to repent of our sin and to turn from our sin and be forgiven. The Bible says God is long suffering with us and he doesn't want us to perish in our sins. He doesn't want us to suffer the consequences of sin. He wants us to repent of our sins and turn to him for forgiveness and cleansing from our sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus came and this is why he died on the cross and shed his blood. And so God in his grace and mercy, he gives us time to turn. And aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that he gives us time to turn? Aren't you glad that the moment you sin, he doesn't just like send down the lightning bolt or you drop dead or something like that, that he gives you room to repent. But if a person doesn't turn from their sin, there's a day of recompense that comes. He or she is given the payment they deserve for their sin. And the Bible tells us what the payment for sin is. For the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. And when the Bible talks about death there, the wages of sin is death. It's not just talking about physical death. That is the result of sin. But it's also talking about spiritual death. Which is separation from God for all eternity. It's hell. So the wages of sin is death. But Romans 6.23 goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, to take the payment, to take the recompense as our substitute in our place so that we can have eternal life. Israel, God gave them time to repent Lots of time to repent. And they refused to repent of their sins. Even though God tried to warn them and persuade them through the prophets like Hosea. They refused to repent. They blew past all the stop signs. And now the days of recompense have come. Now look at verse 7 again. He says the days of recompense have come. And then he says Israel knows. The days of recompense for their rebellion comes as no surprise to Israel. They can't claim, well, we didn't know this would happen. They can't say, well, we never heard anything about this before. God has warned them very clearly in his word, and he has warned them through the prophets about the consequences of the rebellion and what would happen to the nation if they didn't turn back to God. So Israel knows. But look what it says. Israel knows that God told them this would happen through the prophets. But Israel says, the prophet is a fool. The spiritual man is insane. (laughs) Hosea is a fool, they said. Who in his right mind would prophesy judgment like this when we're in the midst of a great harvest and things have never been so great and so good In the nation before. He's a fool to say that. Don't listen to him. 
Or you're insane. You're insane if you think we're living in the last days. It's crazy. By the way, this is a sign of a nation that is morally bankrupt and is in the last days of that nation. When that nation or society says the prophet of God is a fool and the spiritual person is insane or crazy, that's a nation that is nearing the end. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. When they can be just so brazen to say, that's foolish to believe that, or you're crazy there's a lot of people who think we're insane for what we believe. And that we're fools to think that the Bible is the word of God. It's foolish. It's foolishness. And I want you to remember, too, that we're talking about Israel. Israel saying this. We're talking about God's chosen people. We're talking about the nation that once esteemed the word of God. Once esteemed faith in God. Once lived by the standards and morals of God's word. But now that same nation is saying the prophet of God is a fool and the spiritual person is insane. That's how far gone this nation is. Israel. This once great godly nation now views godly people as insane and foolish. And I want you to note here, I think this is an important point, especially for the days that we're living in. Note that the nation of Israel not only turned against God and his commands, they turned against the remnant of people in the nation who still believed in God and his commands. They're not saying God is foolish. They're not saying God is insane. They're saying the people of God are insane. The people that still believe God and still believe his word. The believers in Israel were labeled as fools and insane by the rest of society. Believers were considered a problem. For the nation. Now Jesus said. You will be hated by all. For my name's sake. Hated because we're Christians. So we should expect. The culture to turn against us. And turn against. What we believe. As Christians. We should expect that. Israel turned against the believers. In their nation. Look again at verse 7. It's because. Of the greatness of their iniquity and great enmity that they label the prophets as fools and the spiritual person as insane. Now, the word enmity is another word for hatred. The nation reached a point where they hated God and they hated his word. This is Israel. Apple of God's eye. His chosen people. To whom he gave the oracles of God. 
And now they have enmity towards God and towards his word. Now, if you would have asked the people of Israel who were living in Hosea's day, they would not have said, well, we hate Yahweh. We hate him. They demonstrated their enmity by their actions. By what they did. The nation still had a form of godliness. People still, you know, professed belief or whatever, but their actions demonstrated enmity against God, hatred. We show that Jesus is the Lord of our lives by our obedience to him. It's what it tells us in the New Testament. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, it says, He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So if a person claims to be a Christian or names the name of Christ, but they're living a life that is contrary to God's word, they're living in open rebellion, the truth is not in them. They may say they're a Christian, but they're proving by their actions that they're not. Israel was setting up idols to false gods on the threshing floor during the harvest season. And they were giving all the credit to their false gods for all of the blessing that the true and living God, Yahweh, had given them. They demonstrated their enmity toward God by their actions, by their idolatry. But again, you ask the average guy on the street of Jerusalem in Hosea's day, do you hate Yahweh? Of course not. It was by their actions. The watchman of Ephraim is with my God, verse 8, but the prophet is a fowler's snare in all his ways, enmity in the house of his God. They are deeply corrupted. (laughs) As in the days of Gibeah, he will remember their iniquity, he will punish their sins. The Lord says Israel is deeply corrupted, as in the days of Gibeah. Now this is referring back to a horrible incident that occurred in the nation's history, back in the book of Judges, chapters 18 and 19. Judges was a time in Israel's history when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Not what was right in God's eyes, but what was right in their own eyes. And back in Judges 19, we're told of this story that takes place in the town of Gibeah, in the tribe of Benjamin, where this Levite was traveling with his concubine. Now you can stop right there. You've got a Levite who's got a concubine. How can that be? Well, everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. He's a Levite. He serves the Lord. He's got a concubine on the side. That he's not even keeping secret. He's traveling with her. Everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And in his eyes, it was right to have a concubine. So in Judges 19... As this Levite and his concubine are traveling, they come to this town in Gibeah where they stay for the night. And the woman, the concubine, as the story unfolds, she's brutally assaulted by a group of men in Gibeah. And she's raped. And she dies from the assault. And the Levite, he takes her body and he cuts her body up into 12 pieces. And he sent a piece of her body to each of the tribes and called them to come avenge her rape and murder. Again, people are doing what's right in their own eyes at this time. And all of the tribes came and they went to war against Benjamin, the tribe in which Gibeah was located. And it really was one of the most shameful 
darkest events in the history of Israel. And Hosea says his day was just as bad as the days of Gibeah. Things were just as deeply corrupted morally in the nation as in the days of Gibeah. Then he goes on and he says, he will remember their iniquity. He will punish their sins. Now, every time I read a verse like that, I rejoice for Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells us that all of our sins were punished on the cross. And so Jesus took our punishment. And the Bible says that God, because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, that he will remember our sins no more. And so now we come to verse 10. And in verse 10, the Lord remembers back to when he first called Israel to be his people. And you get to see like the Lord's heart here, beginning in verse 10. He says, I found Israel like finding grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season, but they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves to that shame. They became an abomination like the thing they love. God says here, Israel was like finding grapes in the wilderness. Remember the wilderness in the Bible is talking about the desert. Israel was like finding grapes in the desert. Now, you don't typically find grapes growing wild in the desert. So this would be a very unexpected surprise, a very unexpected treat. Now, for those of you that have gone with us to Israel in the past, we've gone to the wilderness. We went to the desert, but we were on an air-conditioned bus (laughs) and we had cold bottled water. Even with that, It was pretty brutal when you got off the bus in the desert. I remember when we would stop somewhere, everybody in the group would try to find the little sliver of shade. And everybody's standing against the wall like this because there's this much shade. And the biblical site would be 30 feet over there. But everybody's standing over here because there's shade on this wall. Go ahead. We can hear you, you know, kind of thing. It's brutal. Now, I can't imagine what it would be like traveling on foot in the wilderness or traveling on a camel with no cold water, no relief, no air conditioning, and to come upon a grapevine with grapes on it. Man, how delightful would that be? What a treat. What a blessing. And the point that God is making here by comparing them to finding a grapevine in the desert is God was delighted with Israel in the beginning. He just enjoyed them so much. He says Israel was like the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season. Now, a fig tree takes about four to five years to mature before it bears fruit. Sometimes it takes even longer than that, depending on the conditions. And so the farmer who plants a fig tree, they know they've got to wait four or five years, maybe longer. They they aren't sure which year they're going to get figs off that tree. So you can imagine the great joy that comes from your fig tree finally bearing fruit. Israel brought great joy to God and pleasure and delight. This reminds us, God doesn't just love you. He delights in you. You bring him great joy. You bring him great pleasure. He enjoys you. He asked me how I know and I say 
Tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Hosea, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you're a parent, you understand the quandary of disciplining your child. You hate to do it, but because you love them and want to bring them back into a right relationship, you give them consequences for their sin. In a similar way, God acts justly because He loves the people He created so much. He wants to bring them back into a right relationship, but this requires judgment for sin. If you're ever struggling to understand God's sovereign ways, always look back to Scripture as your guidance for God's all-knowing example. Are you enjoying this study in Hosea? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com, to hear more messages from this series. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. And thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know Him. It only takes willingness and a conscious choice You need not guess There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear the sound Rings truer than the finest crystal.